All right. I'm going to get together with a Chinese group of investors. They have to be Chinese because they're the only people with big money who would make this movie. Um, we're going to buy the rights to the shooter franchise, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can probably still use Mark Wahlberg because he doesn't know what any of this he stuff is. He has no idea. What I'm about to, yeah, like <laughs> he doesn't know any of these were real events. Anyway, so we're going to make it so Shooter gets a time travel device. And they're like, all right, like, Shooter, you stop this deep state plot, like the deep state plot at the end of the Shooter mm -hmm. movie. Um, but it's like you they're just going to keep coming up. It's like cutting the heads off. It's kind of like cutting the tail off a lizard. It's going to keep growing back. You have to, like, end the creation of the modern deep state. And so, like, they figure out it's Iran-Contra. So he has to go back and, like, kill everyone in Iran-Contra. But then they're like, oh, no, we were wrong. It was JFK. And he, like, just new movies where he keeps going back, like killing the Dulles brothers, <laughs> killing, killing, like, Operation Mockingbird guys. And, and eventually uh, he goes back and assassin 33 AD kills Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I, I think the way you do this is you send him back to kill, to, like, like help Napoleon win at Waterloo. That would be yes, cool. No, and then, the and, then, and then and then that ends like the deep state before it begins. Yeah. And yeah, this movie's never gonna get made in America, but like the Chinese will help me make yes. this. <laughs> uh, and uh like Mark Wahlberg won't know the political messages of the, like he he doesn't know what the Cold War is. He doesn't know what any of this is. Mark Wahlberg goes to bed at like 7 a.m., yeah. 7 p.m. So that he can golf like for 30 up. minutes at 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. He doesn't like – he's not really sure who the president before Obama was. Like that's I, – I think this can work, and I think these movies – like if you guys are familiar with uh, Settlers by Jason, <laughs> these movies will be seen by everyone in the world except for uh, labor aristocracy in America. Yeah, but that's like six billion. People. Yeah, a huge market. Mark, About a lot of opportunities. Mark Wahlberg there. thought. Mark Wahlberg. Th Mark Wahlberg thinks the Cold War is any AFC East game played in December. <laughs> <laughs> That's my idea. I think I got the idea after watching the abominable Wonder Woman Animal Farm. Uh, and it was like, what if someone did this but it was cool? What if this was enjoyable? Good... Well, speak, uh, speaking of uh, propaganda. Speaking of um, going back in time and helping Napoleon uh, uh, defeat the British, uh, this weekend I, uh, I made Catherine watch Master and Commander because it's one of my favorite movies, and I think like you know all girlfriends should be should have to watch it. Uh, but there's the, the rousing scene at the end of that, like near the end of it, where like he's uh they're 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 practicing getting off um, all their cannons in under two minutes, and like to buck up the 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 the, the sailors, he's like, um, do you want to see a guillotine in Piccadilly? And they're like, no. And I was just in the back and going, yes. <laughs> I don't see. Do I like. Do you want that, that raggedy ass Napoleon to be your king? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 one hundred. <laughs> like, there's literally. Who keeps no saying that? that? <laughs> I, mean, I don't see how you can watch that movie because that's like one of the saddest endings. Yeah. Of any movie. Yeah. No, like, it has a good ending because he finds out the ship's doctor died months ago, and they're like, "Oh, here we go again." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just um, short of the. Chinese inventing a time machine, <laughs> which I think is like within the realm of possibility. Like, I think they could. I believe in that. Yeah. Uh, I think we got to make these movies to heal the world. Yes. 
we need to show them that not that that there is another uh there there are other paths and that we can help yeah yeah no i i i think i gotta do this well this is my it is your as destiny. lock and lost as Locke and Law said, don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> <laughs> no shoots, no, no, no shoes is not enshrined in the law. That's not in the Constitution. Don't tell me what I can't do. I can still shop here. <laughs> he got paralyzed when he went into a 7-Eleven without shoes. <laughs> 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 he shot 87 times in this um, Okay, well, speaking of things, speaking of entertainment that uh, unites the world, um, did we all watch the big game last night? Yeah, I watch uh, the Super Bowl every year to see if football is still the shittiest fucking sport in the world. I am always <laughs> not not the most entertaining game I've ever seen. I gotta say, what's the difference? Like, what's the difference between like this game and like a good game? Oh well, I mean, like a good game theoretically, like could any te- in two minutes to go, any team could still win it, you know. But this one was just like from the first quarter on, like over. I uh, touched down, Tom. I got to say, as soon as the Super Bowl was over, I got a text from the beer nerd that I want to read here. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> and yes. Yes. <laughs> he says, what can you say about Brady other than that he is truly the GOAT in all sports? He personifies the jingoistic W era, the white nationalist Trump era, and the nothing will fundamentally change Biden era. Jordan and Gretzky couldn't personify three presidents. Truth. Well, well, I don't know. I mean, I... I Probably Obama said the same thing that uh, Jordan said to Chameleonaire. <laughs> to everyone. Yeah, I, I think Brady is is fascinating because he is the the living embodiment of like the tech delusion that is either consciously or subconsciously guiding all of our uh, Silicon Valley overlords of like just if you get enough money, you will live forever. And that is an insane thing to think. But then you look at Tom Brady and he like sleeps in a hyperbaric chamber and just drink, <laughs> eats nutrient paste. And he, he doesn't is, eat tomatoes because they're infl- inflammatory. And, a apparently. And, he, and it works like he is. He's he the is, oldest person to ever play in a Super Bowl game. And he just won the MVP in his seventh ring. Yeah. So he's 43 years old. You look at that and you're Peter Thiel. You're just like, yep, I'm going to be in immortal God consciousness for eternity. Me and me and Tom Brady playing golf on the Mars. That's the future. He's not even um, going to have to wear a suit. Know. He's just going to be out there on Mars breathing in the air somehow. Uh, the thing I like, I was I was watching it this year, and you know, I I don't know about you guys, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit different. I tend to watch the Super Bowl for the commercials, and yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, were there any ones that stood out to you this year? I so this was a great year for commercials. Uh, half the commercials were like just like self-referential, like too self-aware, like meme postmodern bullshit that was like made by guys with sharp haircuts. Who are like who like just wanted to artificially be made into a meme, and then the other half it was like a like a group of black women crying, and then like a child learning how to ride a bike even though they have one leg, and then the voiceover where it's like we're a group of people who stand together even when we can't be together, but it, it's it's an ad for like condoms <laughs> or like a, or like a, or like a job service where if you get a job you have to give them half your salary. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the thing is, like, I I just, like, I don't don't know if there was, like, the Wayne's World one, and people were like, oh, that's so depressing. But the thing is, like, none of them really stuck with me. And I don't know if we talked about it on the show before. I know Matt and I, I met you and I have talked about this. And Matt, you you made the point that was, like, really stuck with me that, like, 
before memes, like the Super Bowl ads were like our memes for the yep, year. You got like that's all we got. There were like four you got, memes you got, one, a year. you got what's yep. up. You got Aaron Burr. You got you know the the frogs or like just something like that. And that was it. That was your that was your that meme was cash that was all you for got. the entire year. Yep. Yo, you pick up the phone. Hello, what's up? What's up? And like now because everything it's just like the turnover rate is so rapid and fast paced it's like the commercials themselves they're not even really trying they're 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 not trying to be like i would always want like i would always like really wanted to see like the the, the big movie trailers for like the upcoming year and the only trailer I, I saw watching the super bowl was for an m night Shyamalan movie just called old <laughs> old and i was just like what this is this is bleak just uh, it's a movie about an island that turns people old <laughs> Don't go on the like, island. Pretty I swear to God. Solve, solve that problem. <laughs> Don't go on the old island. And they're like, it's like it's like a family and they're on a beach and like the kid walks away and they're like, uh, uh, Michael, come back. And then like he turns the corner and he's like uh, 35 years old. And he's like, hey, mom, what's up? <laughs> that would, dude, that would, that would be awesome. Like if you were like 17 and you wanted to buy beer, you could just be like, hey, mom and dad. Can we go on vacation to the old island? <laughs> That's just a name. It doesn't turn people old. Oh, and the other one that stood out that uh, that, that 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 did feel like a uh, like an icy blade in my in my stomach was the uh, the Sesame Street ad with that guy David Diggs yeah. who was like in Hamilton, and it was this like upbeat like all the characters are there like Big Bird and Cookie Monster and Oscar the Grouch and shit, but it's for DoorDash. Yeah. And I just remember, like, Sesame Street was, like, children's television that the creators were, like, no, like, it has to be on PBS because we were adamant about the fact that, like, we do not want any advertising associated for, like, this, this, the, what we're showing these kids because it should be, like, the idea is, like, some sort of wholesome, nourishing thing for children where we're not just, like, using these Muppets to fucking sell them shit. But, like, now, now that HBO owns, like, all of Sesame Street, they're, like, yeah, fuck it, like, DoorDash. Yeah. Yeah. Make money, baby. Uh, The ones I liked... Uh, because they made me feel like I was dying, which is fun. Uh, was one was the Uber Eats ad with uh, Wayne and Garth, where we got we got to see just the 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 ravages of age on Dana Carvey and Mike <laughs> Myers, and just think about our own mortality. And then after that, uh, you spoke. You, you're talking about how we don't have the meme ads anymore. Well, the Bud Lights ad was essentially a DMG like. Uh, hospital bed trip of all of your favorite friends from all of the Bud Light ads from your uh, life that you've seen. So I, I like the idea that uh, someone really loves uh, sports and they're dying. They're not going to have their family members imagining a matter of family members gathering around their bed. It's going to be the Bud Night and the the little <laughs> Cedric the Entertainer, the Cedric the Entertainer, and the little Bud Bowl bottles uh, and the and the Yes I Am guy. I remember the Yes I Am commercial. And it's just like, well, like just saying goodbye to those people as you as your brain shuts off. Well, those are like I think that's like why people like the Budweiser ads is because they're the only ones where it's not like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if the CEO of our company played a song badly on a keyboard or like complete self serious horseshit. Uh like they they suck. They're not as good as they used to be, but um it's the it's the closest thing to a straightforward ad. Yeah. So like I can I can see the attraction. Yeah, there. and they still try to get like memes out of it. You know, like the Bud Knight. Yeah, yeah. That was only a few years ago. That worked. Yeah. That was I uh, that delighted America. And I'm not going to lie, when I was a kid, I loved the Bud Bowl. 
Oh, the Bud Bowl was the best. I fucking I, that's the, I would I would gamble on the Bud Bowl when I was like nine years old. <laughs> I want Bud Dry. I, I want like, points. I, I want I want Bud Ice, and then <laughs> that's how you grew to being such a strong young man. Yeah, absolutely. Early start at gambling. <laughs> oh, and then like um. There was the uh, the Bruce Springsteen ad for Jeep. Which depressing, is, so that's, depressing. That's, that's testing my commitment never to say a bad word about the boss on on air. But it was just like it was a commercial. It was like it was in some sort of deserted landscape, at like a church that's in the exact center of the country in Kansas. And he's like, "In America, being on the road, sometimes those roads are long, but they're not always empty." And then it's like he just gets in a Jeep and drive away. And I'm like, "Come on, dude, you're from New Jersey. We just like we just see you on the New Jersey Turnpike in a Jeep, just like pulling into a, an Italian sub shop or like you know Asbury Park or something like that." Yeah, like his his American struggle is getting into a shoving match at a donut shop. It's when his friend was the toughest guy in Essex County and gives him his jacket, but it kind of sucks. <laughs> he has to give it to his maid, his um, maid's husband. Did, I, I, uh, Matt, did you catch the thing at the very beginning of the game, like right, right before the uh, the kickoff, where it was the like national address from uh, Joe Biden and Dr. Jill? Uh, I, I I unfortunately missed Dr. Jill Biden uh, okay, doing a ventriloquist was, was, act with the corpse of her husband. <laughs> yeah, it, it was exactly what it looked like. It was so funny. It's just it's it's them and they're sitting there and and Joe just goes. Super Bowl Sunday, and then Doctor Jill just starts talking for like a minute, and like they're like, what? and then Joe Biden comes back and he's like, "Wear a wear a mask, <laughs> wear a mask." Hell, where we, to? We can help. Yeah. L- listen, listen, man, we got a great game. We got the new Texas Auto Gyros <laughs> versus 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 the the South Jersey Hindenburgs. Joe Biden like was probably the Buccaneers. Shocked. He was the Buccaneers. probably shocked. Back in my day, we call them pirates. He was probably shocked that they weren't wearing leather helmets and turtlenecks the way that they should play football. Yeah, the real game. Uh, moving on from the uh, the big game, I just wanted to, like, uh, you know, Joe Biden's telling everyone to, we got to wear a mask now. We got to wear two masks now. Yep. Apparently, that's that's the new thing. Everyone should be wearing two masks. Don't know how I feel about that. But uh, there was just one thing that, that uh, caught my eye this week as it relates to uh, uh, COVID and the pandemic, and it was this, uh, it was this piece in an outlet called Unheard. I've never heard of, and it's by a guy named. Well, nor should you, uh, Freddie. You should not have heard of it, yeah. or its name would yeah, have been it, a lie. It's a it's an anti Amber Heard publication, <laughs> <laughs> paid for by Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, and it says inside the zero COVID campaign. This is by Freddie Sayers, who is the executive editor of Unheard and previously editor in chief of YouGov and founder of Politics Home. And like the whole thing is like uh, the, the piece. Like it's not really worth reading in full, but like the whole point of the piece is like. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it sounds good to you that China is at zero COVID, but like, <laughs> consider the price of like, you know, what, what, what that actually entails. And he goes here, even within this increasingly popular school of thought, which holds that we must not return to normal until the virus is completely eliminated within a country, wasn't explicitly on the billing. Its presence was made clear from the outset. And hold on a second, let me just find it here. So it goes, uh, David Rennie, Beijing bureau chief of The Economist, recently gave an astonishingly candid account of current zero COVID life in the Chinese capital. Chinese China strategy from the start was to have no infections at all. Still in Beijing, where we hardly have any cases, every time, every time you step out your door, you have to use a smartphone to scan a QR code. Every shop, every taxi, every bus, every metro station. You have no privacy at all. It's all built around this electronic system of contact tracing. To leave Beijing, you have to have a COVID test. To come back, 
you have to have a COVID test. We basically don't have the virus here. But the flip side is that they're keeping this place locked down tight as a drum. It's very hard to know where the COVID containment starts and a communist police state with an obsession with control kicks in. And like this is like all this horror story about like, oh, this is what the price of like having one of the biggest cities in the world have zero COVID cases entails. And I just love this idea that like, we have the exact same thing in America where like Google tracks every fucking thing you do on your phone and probably listens to every word you fucking say next to your computer or phone. But like we also have COVID everywhere. <laughs> so it's just like, I mean, like imagine having that kind of oppression, which like we have that, but like still we can't deal with COVID. And it's just like, oh, like, th- this is communist uh, totalitarianism is like, oh, you have to take your phone with you every time you leave the house and like scan a code to get in a car like i mean it it doesn't seem that bad to me i gotta say uh no that's it's it's communism it's it's not dying of covid is communist i'm sorry freedom is the freedom to uh just hack your fucking lungs out while strapped uh to like a card catalog outside of a decommissioned library that they're using for to just stack up bodies outside of a major city yeah it's also like it's also like what freedom do we have here? Like no one can, you can't do anything unless you like live in one of those Florida towns where just everyone wants to die. (laughs) Yes. Like you still can't do anything fun. Like the only, the only concerts you could go to are like shitty bands that were hot like 20 years ago that want to make a point about like COVID being fake. Like you could see like trapped. (laughs) Didn't they break up? Oh yeah, I guess they did. You can't even see trapped anymore. See, you can see, I bet, I bet China is. has already developed a new trapped. They have they have actually over a dozen regional traps that are spread throughout the entire countryside. All the it's they're very advanced now. Yeah, I'm in the black category. My dad was in trapped. <laughs> <laughs> dad was too headstrong. But I mean, it's just like I I just wonder the self awareness of these people when they talk about like you know uh, this totalitarian nightmare of living with uh, no COVID infections in, in in Beijing, where it's just like, oh yeah, imagine if we had some sort of like omnipresent and unaccountable like surveillance apparatus that like spies on you and tracks you every second of the day, but we still have COVID everywhere. It's just like, well, if we have one of those things, can we use it to stop the other? No, we can only use it. Like, what's the to, what's the no? The point of that other stuff is to find out. Uh, who needs boner pills and make sure that they have the greatest array of possible options for buying them. Matt, check your phone right now. <laughs> I like open up Instagram and the first thing you will see is um, <laughs> hymns. Hey, I mean, hey, you know, I, I, I'm always looking to be an informed shopper. I'm always looking to be an informant shopper. I like to tell the government what my neighbors, what products they need and what. <laughs> <laughs> they've been talking about <laughs> the lives of others but you're just like okay so uh, this guy yeah, he needs a new tv yeah you, uh yeah my neighbors are complaining about the other day about the uh, socks they would like some of those nice uh, bombas socks let me just report that to central committee i could really go for an antimicrobial underwear that's for sure um and then i guess i, I and just like to 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 contrast with uh china i mean i was, I was going to do this this uh, article last week but we didn't get, we didn't have time for it and it was this fairly stunning uh piece in the new york times about how uh in, right here in new york state in uh our hometown here uh nine top new york health officials have quit as cuomo scorns expertise he says when when i say experts in air quote it sounds like i'm saying i don't really trust the experts governor cuomo said of pandemic politics because i don't <laughs> I love my so non-Trumpian like, guy who listens to science. 
It says here, even as the pandemic continues to rage and New York struggles to vaccinate a large and anxious population, Mr. Cuomo has all but declared war on his own public health bureaucracy. The departures have underscored the extent to which pandemic policy has been set by the governor, who with his aides crafted a vaccination program beset by early delays. The, trouble, the troubled rollout came after Mr. Cuomo declined to use the long-standing vaccination plans that the State Department of Health had developed in recent years in coordination with local health departments. Mr. Cuomo instead adopted an approach that relied on large hospital systems to coordinate with vaccinations, not only of their own staffs, but also much of the population. That was what happened with the vaccine plan when state health officials were blindsided by the news that the rollouts would be coordinated locally by hospitals. And then you get into this and like one of the people he actually put in charge of it in lieu of like actual state public health officials was a uh, big time asshole donor to his campaign. No, can governor, governor yeah, Can you believe that? If you don't, if you don't like getting, I can understand not wanting to get your vaccination at Sbarro. I get it. A lot of people prefer La Familia, but uh, I, I believe the governor when he says it's the most efficient way to re release the vaccine. The Moderna vaccine is the uh, famous original vaccine, and the Pfizer one is original famous <laughs> <laughs> vaccine. You can't get, you know, it's the water. That's why the vaccines in New York are so good. It's the water. <laughs> I, you know, I hate Montreal style vaccines. They put sugar in yeah, it. Get out of here. They put sugar in the vaccine. Get that shit out of here. Do you want extra autismo on your slice? <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, you should be able to get the like anyone should be able to get the vaccine at like CVS or Walgreens or something. Well, the thing is, a lot of states did use Walgreens at CVS uh, to distribute yeah, it, the and problem. they're fucking the dog. Uh, it's like the only state that's been doing really well uh, has been West Virginia, and they're the one state that did not use. Uh, well, CVS to do it like you could just put fucking tents up and have like the National Guard do it or something West Virginia got like a group of bears that wear overalls <laughs> to give out the vaccine and they're just like beating the shit out of New York and California <laughs> distribution I was like I talked about this and someone was like like how like yeah the Dakotas are doing a better job and people were like this guy was like um, yeah, actually, uh, those states are less dense than New York and California. And it's like, yeah, Wouldn't no, it be easier if yeah, everyone was in the same yeah, place? <laughs> it's really hard to give people, give a ton of people things when they're tightly packed in. That makes it more difficult. There are more people in my zip code than there are in the entire state of North Dakota, probably. Yeah. Well, yeah, but when you, when you talk about the people all packed together close to one another, a lot of those people, uh, are donors to the different governors who need to get their wheat fucking Beaks wet in the process of the vaccine distribution or else it doesn't happen. Right. Like the fucking vaccines are falling off the truck coming out of Idlewild Airport. Vaccines. How many vaccines went real fast. They were great. <laughs> I love that Cuomo is just openly saying fuck our state health, like state health department who have like had plans in place and contingencies for just such an event like for years. And then he's just like, no, we're throwing all that out. Like, fuck you guys. That's what that's Italian excellence. Guy. I I love our governor so much. But Can't wait for his president. We should, just, we should just like pitch in to buy him a big necklace so he doesn't have to do this, <laughs> and then we can have tents. Oh, I was always talking about shitty governors of big uh, blue states. So that that Gavin Newsom creep. Did you see a? Uh, did you see he tweeted last week? Abolish the death penalty, and then it was like any follow up there, governor of of the state that has like yeah. seven hundred people on death row. I love. I love like. That? I love like. Yeah, being the chief executive of an economy the size of France, like one of the most powerful governors in America, if not the most, and just like tweeting like Sean McElwee. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's <laughs> awesome. How do. many fucking congressmen love doing like, uh, pass it on like to who, who, what am I supposed yeah. to do with this information that you can't do with it? 
All right, it's trending. It's now a law. <laughs> it's the most gr- fucking grating behavior. I wish, like, Chuck Grassley, like, I wish they all just, like, posted like him. Just, like, <laughs> dying brain old man thoughts about the about the time that, like, yeah, you get you got a hand job from a Maltese girl at a frozen custard shop <laughs> in 1933. Well, um, once again, if we're t- uh, continuing with today's theme of like the, the the failures of America's like massive uh, sort of surveillance and security bureaucracy, uh, there's another thing that caught my eye this week. Uh, this is uh, uh, from NPR. From uh, it says here, former CIA official treat domestic extremism as an insurgency. Boy, that's got to inspire confidence if you're really terrified about QAnon taking over the country. We'll treat them just like we did the Taliban and the Iraqi insurgency. Yeah. And lose badly. <laughs> Four years from now, we will be funding QAnon to fight Protestant state of the Upper Peninsula. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or, or, or allying ourselves with like, yeah, like, you know, like our allies in Afghanistan, very similar to QAnon, who are also like, you know, boy grooming pedophiles that we'll just be protecting against, you know, another faction of uh, this counterinsurgency. But I just want to read here for a second here. It says um, Je- Jennifer Whitmer is a mad woman. She must go. When it comes to the domestic extremists, such as those who storm the Capitol, a longtime CIA officer argues that the U.S. should treat them as an insurgency. That means using counterinsurgency tactics similar in some ways to those we used in the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. Robert Grenier said that the CIA station chief for Pakistan served as the CIA station chief for Pakistan and Afghanistan in 2001. He went on to become the CIA's Iraq mission manager and then director of the CIA counterterrorism center from 2004 to 2006. Yeah, from 2004 to 2006, covering himself in glory, fighting fucking terrorism and doing counterinsurgency shit for the CIA. He goes, we may be witnessing the dawn of a a sustained wave of violent insurgency within our own country perpetrated by our own countrymen. And without national action, he argues, extremists who seek a social apocalypse are capable of producing endemic political violence of a sort not seen in this country since Reconstruction. And it's just like, okay, well, yeah, to counter that, the CIA is going to create even more conditions that are endemic to apocalyptic violence and social strife. Because guess what? That's their job. That's what they do. That's the only thing they do. But I mean, like leaving aside whether you think it is um, apt or uh, warranted to believe that uh, QAnon is, a, can, should, is an, an insurgency that should be fought in ways, quote, similar to what we use in Iraq and Afghanistan. If you believe that to be true, like, shouldn't you use an example from like wars that we've actually won? <laughs> what, what, we have those? Yeah. No, I mean, like what counterinsurgency wars have we <laughs> yeah. won? Like I guess, like the Philippines, the Philippines, yeah, yeah. But Philippines that was literally over a hundred yeah. years ago. I mean, this whole thing is dumb because, oh, we're gonna do it like we do Afghanistan. I'm sorry, the United States, we do heroin, we don't produce it. The whole model doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess this also comes like, uh, did you guys see the story last week about how the leader of the Proud Boys is like a longtime yeah informant? What a shocker yeah. on that! That just I, my monocle done fell out when I saw that. Like, it was him, like the guy Tario or whatever his name is. And it was like, it was weird. Like, he got picked up on like a weapons charge like the day before the Capitol uh, storming. And they were like, oops, guess he can't attend that. But uh, everyone else who uh, he told to go is there and being documented uh, breaking the law. But I mean, yeah, like, I mean, it should, it should surprise no one that uh, this guy is a snitch. But like, don't draw the wrong conclusion. It doesn't mean that, like, oh, haha, the Proud Boys are like, they don't even know that there are snitches in their ranks. It's, it's more like uh, they're doing this shit because like the government is like, making them do it you know what i mean like i mean i'm not saying like i mean this is this is kind of gladio shit though like like this is like i mean the the line between federal informant and like right-wing terrorist is 
I don't know, almost non-existent. You'd have to squint really hard to see it. Well, that's always been the and case. The question is yeah. like how 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 aware they are of it is like sort of a moot point. Yeah, that's always been the case, and uh, like even in the '60s, uh, the the Klan when they were uh, carrying out waves of violence against the civil rights demonstrators. Uh, they were shot through with FBI informants. What, the guy who's sitting next to, according to him, uh, the 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 guy who shot Villa Luizo was a was an FBI informant. And you know, is that if they're in if they're FBI informants while doing all of this shit, then at a certain point, this shit is being suborned and funded by the government because it serves their ends to do so. Uh, next story uh, from last week that uh, I thought warrant this warranted discussion was, uh, okay, the headline here, Nevada bill would allow tech companies to create governments. This is, uh, this is not from the, the Paul Verhoeven Daily. <laughs> this is from uh, U.S. News, World and Reports. Uh, it says here, planned legislations to establish new business areas in Nevada would allow technology companies to effectively form separate local governments. Uh, Carson City, Nevada, planned legislation to establish new business areas in Nevada would allow technology companies to effectively form separate local governments. Uh, Democratic Governor Steve Sisolik announced a plan to launch so-called innovation zones. Oh, in boy. That sounds to good. Jump start this, to jumpstart the state's economy by attracting technology reforms. The zones would permit companies with large areas of land to form governments carrying the same authorities as counties, including the ability to impose taxes, form school districts, and provide government courts and provide government services. The measure to further economic development with the alternative form of local government has not yet been introduced to the legislature. Sisolak pitched the concept in his State of the State address delivered January 19th. The plan would bring in new businesses at the forefront of groundbreaking technologies without the use of tax abatements or other publicly funded incentive packages that previously helped Nevada attract companies like Tesla. Sisolak named Blockchains LLC, a company that had committed to developing a smart city in the area east of Reno after the legislation passed. The draft proposal said the local government model is inadequate alone to provide the resources to make Nevada a leader in attracting and retaining businesses and fostering economic development in emerging technologies and industries. So, I mean... Long story short here, in order to attract businesses, uh, the state of Nevada is going to allow some fucking blockchain company to start like to uh, administer courts, taxes and education for like the land that they own. I would I just how, how do you think this one's going to play out? I mean, I'm sure this is like the pretty well, holds, probably uh, the future holds nothing but uh, new Delta cities uh, all across. America. It'll be awesome. It'll it'll be like Burning Man uh, is a town. Who hasn't wanted to? Th- who hasn't gone to Burning Man and just went? I want to live here all the time, uh, and have my debit card uh, charged uh, for every service, and then uh, eventually executed by a robot drone for trespassing. I mean, this just sort of reminds me of like remember when remember when Google was like doing that like like they're sort of like we're hosting an open casting call for like any town or city in America who wants our new headquarters, and there was all these like really depressing accounts of like, you know, economically depressed, like, uh, municipalities just being like, uh, we will give, uh, we'll give you the right of prima nocta <laughs> over, uh, any marriage uh, conducted within the County. Uh, there was like ones that were literally being like, uh, not only will you not pay taxes, like our tax dollars will go, like you'll, we'll be paying you taxes. But I guess this new thing in Nevada is that like, not only will they not be paying taxes, the corporations will be collecting taxes. <laughs> You'll be paying state or local tax to directly to blockchain LLC. 
I can't wait. It's going to be wonderful. And uh, I mean, who doesn't? We all love RoboCop. Come on. You don't want to live in Delta City? You're lying. You don't want to see the flying drones doing things, fucking your shit up. I mean, at least it's different. You know, like it's Neom. It's it's another. And you notice this all in the desert, which the, I mean, are these these going to have to be in like bubbles or something, right? Like th- these places are uninhabitable already. What are they going to be like in even ten years? So are are are, the, are we going to get like actual like full Verhoeven shit where it's like a bubble like on Mars, and then you have to pay for the air? Damn it, Cohagen! These people need blockchain. They need the blockchain. Yeah, this is Adbusters. We owe them an apology. Their world became real. Yeah, it's true. They were they they got us. We should have really paid more attention. Yeah. We should have all bought yeah. the black dot sneaker. What was that? Did they, would they do like an unbranded sneaker yeah. or something? Yeah, they sold they sold a sneaker that was like an anti branded sneaker. And if we'd all bought one, we wouldn't be in this situation today. Ah ah, but you see, I claim the the anti branding ideology is in fact a brand itself. What? That's crazy. No, it's, it says right there, anti-brand. What are you talking about? It's the opposite of a brand. Let's see here. Uh, moving on in this on this lazy Monday here, I thought it would be a good time to check in. We haven't we haven't talked about Brother Rod in a, in a while. Uh, Brother Rod Dreher, friend of the show, and I just you know, uh, you know maybe once every other month or so, I just check out you know I just click on his name, an American conservative, and see what Rod's been up to recently. And uh, I found I found this pretty good one. It's called it's a headline: sextortion emails. Because, you know, Rod loves getting emails <laughs> and he loves printing his emails in his column. Rod, like, I would love to see him in the park bench in the weird, like, Eastern Orthodox compound he lives in just with, like, a binder of emails that he reads like a book. And they're all just, like, you know, about, like, a guy's wife's clit getting possessed by ball <laughs> <laughs> like this. He also, I have a good authority. He just he prints every email he gets, so you can fuck with him, and he will still think it's real. Well, I mean, uh, this 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 reader email, uh, I think does it does strike a chord of authenticity. Uh, begins here. I received two emails with the, uh, the exact wording today in my personal email address spam filter. <laughs> so this, you know they're actually real. Because uh, if, it, if it had been bypassed the spam filter, it would have been someone like us just fucking with him, telling about like my sister is possessed by the devil or something. So he goes here. Uh, so this is the Rod got, got some spam emails and he opened them up. And this is what he found. I know, and then like in brackets, one of my old passwords from many years ago, haven't used it in ages, blank, is one of your passwords on day of hack. Let's get directly to the point. Not one person has paid me to check about you. You do not know me, and you're probably thinking, why are you getting this email? In fact, I actually placed a malware on the adult videos, in parentheses, adult porn website, that you, and you know what? You visited the site to experience fun, in parentheses, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, love the, I, love the, I love the wording on whatever, like, uh, from whatever country this came from, where it just says, uh, you visited adult porn website, and you know what? You visited the site to experience fun. I mean, I, 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 I visit adult websites to experience uh, knowledge and research. Yeah, and I find out where babies from from. <laughs> uh, when you were viewing videos, your browser started out operating as a RDP having a key logger, which provided me with accessibility to your display and webcam. Immediately, I'm just trying to imagine like how terrified Rod was. <laughs> how absolutely petrified he was about a demon uh, logging keystrokes on his computer. Uh, just goes here. Um, uh, after that, my malware obtained every one of your contacts from your messenger, Facebook, and as well as email account. 
After that, I created a double screen video. First part shows the video you were viewing. You have nice taste, OMG. (laughs) 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 And second part displays the recording of your cam, and it's you. (laughs) Best solution would be be to pay me $6,836. I wonder how they arrived at that sum. (laughs) <laughs> well it probably like it probably like that works out to like a round amount in whatever country this guy's sending this from yeah right that, yeah, yeah, like it's, that, a, it's a lot of like moldovan bookmarks or whatever <laughs> i love that the guy's uh a compliment apparently complimenting rod's taste in pornography as well omg so fun <laughs> yeah that's not, that's how you know that's how you know this is a scam because that's not i don't know what rod watches but it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be good or fun though. Yeah, no. Yeah. It would be it would be things you didn't even know could be made into porn. It would be basically a closed circuit like uh, video from the uh the 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 team doctor's office from Ohio State <laughs> University's wrestling team. <laughs> yeah. Um but he goes here, we are going to refer to it as a donation. In this situation, I most certainly will without delay remove your video. Uh, you could go on in your life like this never happens and you will never not hear ever back from me. <laughs> You'll make the payment via Bitcoin. If you did not know this, search how to buy Bitcoin in Google. <laughs> this guy is a absolutely native English speaker. <laughs> like you are, 100%. If you are planning on going to the law, surely this email cannot be traced back to me because it's hacked. I have taken care of my actions. I am not looking to ask you for a lot. I simply want to be paid. If I do not receive the Bitcoin, I definitely will send out your video recording to all of your contacts, including friends, family, coworkers, and so on. Nevertheless, if I do get paid, I will destroy the recording immediately. If you need proof, reply with yeah, and then I will send out your video <laughs> recording to your eight friends. It is a non-negotiable offer, and thus please don't waste my time and yours by replying to this message. So, okay, so Rod says here, you know, after receiving this email, he says, now, I know this is fake because although I have some vices, watching porn is not one of them. In fact, I have never been to a porn site. Mm. I'm just, you know, uh, uh, Moses Lack being kind of lie detector <laughs> right now. I mean, I could see, I, I can never understand been. him, like, beating off to, like, daguerreotypes or something, like, making a, because he is kind of like a hipster. In a way, I mean, he's he's a fucking or, he's orthodox for Christ's sake. I can imagine him like jacking off to like icons or something, and then thinking that that's deeply perverted. Nineteenth century whaling scrimshaw yeah. of like <laughs> some tits on a, a whale tooth yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. Just sprung off that shit. Um, he goes here, but just think of how many people do have this vice, and who, after seeing a familiar password, might really think these creeps hacked their computer and filmed them masturbating while watching a dirty movie. Think how afraid these people would be. If you are one of these unfortunate souls, take it from your non-porn-watching blogger friend. These hackers are lying. Don't send them anything. Don't worry about it. But do quit watching porn and go to confession. (laughs) It turns out this is a common scam. The BBC reports one way it works. The guy below explains what happened to me. Your passwords, old ones maybe, have probably at some point been exposed in a data breach. This is why it's important to change your passwords. You don't have to worry about that these sextortionists have video of you in a compromising position. Watch this short clip so you'll know what to do and what not to do. I, e.g., don't reply to the email or click any links in it. Um, then he has like an, a, a follow-up reader email where his his reader just tells him how important it is to have LSU passwords, long, strong, and unique. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Rod is just just letting his readers know 
uh, that, you know, they, they could potentially be extorted for watching pornography, but, you know, it's bad to watch pornography, but, you know, don't worry that a, uh, a Moldovan uh, hacker has uh, saw you having fun and is going to share it with all of your readers at the American Conservative. See, this is why... <laughs> this is why Rod needs to read his, his Strauss. I mean, you need you need to use the noble lie sometimes. You need to tell your viewers, your your readers, no, these Moldovan dudes are watching you jack off right now. Every single time you go on there, they're recording it, and they will send it to your mom. So you have to stop doing it. I like the idea of like you know like like terrifying kids about masturbation being like God is watching you every time you you touch your wiener. But like, except for Rob, just like, well, God's doing that too. But also, this guy in Moldova is watching you through your webcam. So, <laughs> in, case, in case God wasn't enough, his name is God too, but a... it's got like a line through the O or something. <laughs> uh, there's another. There's another Rod Jarrett piece. I mean, it's 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 extremely long, and it doesn't really warrant um, a full examination of. But it's about what he calls barstool conservatism. <laughs> Hell yeah! It's actually going off of. He's going off of a piece written by old friend of the show Matthew Walther. That I think actually like does it make a bad point about like sort of sketching out for like what a what a kind of post Trump conservative movement will look like because like both of them agree that like uh, the the future of like the right wing in America or like what what the Republican Party will look like post Trump is not going to be defined by people like them who believe that like abortion is a Holocaust or like is like obsessed with these religious culture war issues and like they point to barstool sports as kind of like like the a, a new template for representing people who are like you know not really like wedded to like any of the like hardcore like ideological conservative beliefs or sort of totems of the past but nonetheless have a kind of a, a vague sense of like I want to be left alone and I I don't like PC culture as being the sort of inheritor. That's just, that's fucking South Park conservatism. Anybody remember that shit from like 2004? Jonah Goldberg. It's the exact same thing. It's just now it's, it's a different uh, uh, media representative of the concept. I just like the idea of Rod becoming the smoke show of the week. (laughs) I mean, he certainly is. Like, like, I would love to see Rod attempt to make contact with Yeah, Barstool that's the funny World. part. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is the funny like, part. Like, they that's... just don't, like, even though he's, like, virulently bigoted, like, they don't just see him and go, like, who's this fucking pussy? And the thing is, like, what, what he says in the piece is that, like, look, he, like, he, he, he acknowledges that, like, the Barstool fan or, like, the, the world of the average Barstool one is, like, you know, could not be further removed from the things he cares about or, like, they don't have much in common, but... He says for that average that that the stoolie fandom is not someone who will like shut down his daughter's religious school out of spite for Christian people. So he's like what they're saying is like that's basically good enough, even though we like understand that this is a post Christian country now. We just we want we want a like like barstool guys to be in charge or like we want them to be if, if their hands are at the till rather than like liberal college professors, like that's good enough. Or like we're uh, there's something there that we can latch on to that won't um, that doesn't like in, in their view is like implacably hostile to their like I don't know faith or lifestyle or whatever but as you're right I would yeah like I would love I would pay, I would pay anything to see a video where Rod Dreher interviews Frank the Tank <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe like cook something yeah like they that. could try to make that booyah base again yeah that would oh probably. my god a Frank the Tank booyah attempting to make booyah base in his oh. in his apartment, yeah, oh my god, yeah, just like boiling ragu and putting t- canned tuna <laughs> in it. That would be, I mean, Frank the Tank's cooking probably would kill Rod. Yes, Rod, like, remember that profile of Rod where he's like, um, 
Oh, it's a casual Sunday. We're just going to be having uh, some foie gras sliders. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, he, well, like, yeah. Frank that tastes gr- like butter fried steak. <laughs> and don't forget the flavor, me. a.k.a. MSG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even, what would a Barstool guy say if, like, Rod start was like, I bet you're upset about the Vatican bowing to bathroom tyranny, too. Like, they don't give a shit. They don't know what an Eastern Orthodox guy is. They don't give a shit, but like they, they are also like they, they have a kind of like an instinctual loathing of like of of liberal high culture or or sort of a, a right. culture scolds. You know, they want to they want to see their smoke show hotties. They want to play the stock market. Um, they 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 want to like they 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 want to they make fifty grand a year, but think they're they they're going to be Elon Musk like in the next year. Yeah, but no, it, yeah, it's it's like I mean, it's not like. That is why this shit is stupid, because it's like even if like Dave Portnoy is like sort of conservative politically or just like signals towards it, it's like the vast like Barstool is popular because it isn't political. Yes. Like it's. Yeah. It's a single flag under which like all the guys who reply to Mia Khalifa can unite. (laughs) And I mean, people. And I think like what. Whether it's whether it's Barstool or like uh, Joe Rogan, I think there is kind of like a default setting for like men they're like i guess like mostly white guys like under a certain age who like all make <laughs> under 50 grand a year but they have this kind of like default like vague kind of libertarianism to them which is like uh they obviously like want all drugs to be legal and they want to do whatever they want to do and they like they don't want to be uh scolded by people but it's just like it, it, it's a, but they but also like don't like people in power or like uh like there's it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an amorphous thing that can be shaped into like a left or right political point of view a kind of populism that's like it's vague but like you know like it, I, I think like the, the the future belongs to them it, it really does well I, in my opinion. I mean in a sense but like part of the whole project as you said is that it is intentionally uh uh apolitical like it has political ideas but it is hostile to politics it's it thinks that yeah. shit's gay and uh, if that's the case, then I don't know how that like gets turned into a political movement. If that is like antithetical to the entire uh, aesthetic and approach to to politics, is if if it's it's cringe and embarrassing to care enough about things to you know vote or or, or certainly to campaign for uh, a candidate or run yourself. I don't know how the hell they're supposed to uh, be anything other than just this amorphous group of people who because. It's all because all of online culture kind of gets flattened into one thing. And because politics is suffused through all of it, it gets confused with the political movement. But it seems like, I don't know, I think what we might be finding during this Biden era is how little actual political momentum there exists within any of these groupings. How it's really is like, for the most part, it's it's just it's people either coping by by performing a fake politics or. Uh, coping by performing a disinterest in politics both of those just different ways of dealing with their central powerlessness yeah i mean i I don't think like the future belongs to anyone except for like yeah the like people who work at the creative department at the nwo and make like infographics about how you're racist if you don't want to send aircraft carriers into the south china sea like the future belongs to the same types of people it always has like it, if these guys ever developed a political consciousness, they would just like find a way to blunt that, like they 
do anything. I guess the future belongs to them in the sense that, like, they'll probably, like, enjoy their lives more than a lot of other people, than, like, sort of people with very similar lives, like, sort of other office drones who also are in the same socioeconomic category, but, like, think they morally have to watch Malcolm and Marie on Netflix. Yeah, they're required. But, yeah, no, the future belongs to the reptilians, as it always yeah. does. In my I, do, I think that though culturally I think that the, that people are going to get exhausted and like that default sort of cynicism is going to win out over especially with Trump gone I think there's going to be less motivation to keep that uh pressure up to to uh to maintain the uh uh appearance of like concern you know Yeah no I I I totally agree with that and like after Biden won like I, I mean like I like people got people I caught flack for saying like there's going to be like less like sort of like overbearing like woke entertainment stuff after Trump is gone. And like, I mean, I feel like Biden with the $2,000 checks with this because it, it didn't happen in one week and everyone's yelling at me. We're both <laughs> blameless. Uh, but uh, no, it's like, it's going to take a process, but I think like, yeah, after a long time, after a few years, it's, like everything will shift back that's just kind of how culture works and i do think that like yeah already it's starting with the old people like before biden was even president old people like got sick of me too yeah yeah like fuck this shit And, and like yeah no it's i mean it's one of those things where it's like this swing back can be good and bad it can be good in the sense that it's like yeah you're gonna see less fucking stupid infographics on instagram and shit and you like you won't see like i don't know like adidas make a statement about white fragility but it's also bad in that like yeah no like suddenly like it's like fuck me too fuck fuck any of this shit or like yeah fuck police brutality which you know they're already doing and it's i don't think you can keep this up with the zoom when the zoomers become like the dominant media consumers because like they're weird because they don't have like the asshole anxiety of like millennials and Xers where it's like their future wasn't exactly what they were promised. It's more like they grew up with like an uncertain or no future at all promised to them. And so it's like, they have weird politics where like some of them are infographic people who like try to get people arrested for shipping the wrong fandoms. And some of them like are just straight up QAnon believers, like a lot of them. And I think as the culture swings, like, I think that will be an effect of Biden, like the culture swinging back where it's like, yeah, Barstool is more acceptable. Things that like things like Barstool do have the consent of the masses. That is the thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we're going, but I do think that like 2020 will have been like a apogee of a lot of this shit. And it will come back because it always comes back and it always swings back the other way. That's always how it goes. It's always been that way. Yeah. And if uh, if Sorry, if Portnoy wants my vote and endorsement for his run for Massachusetts senator against Elizabeth Warren, then Barstool has to bring back Mad TV in a digital platform. Right, right, one hundred percent. Sorry, I just realized that the subhead of Rod's article on this is "What if Dave Portnoy is the Barry Goldwater of tomorrow's <laughs> right?" <laughs> oh man, that's a fucking great subheader. The Dave yeah, Portnoy, like the, the Dave Portnoy Daisy ad, but he's just calling the girl a <laughs> <laughs> stupid bitch. 
I was just like, what if Dave Portnoy were the Barry Goldwater of Tomorrow's Right? There must be like those old Marvel comics, like what if the Hulk was Wolverine or something like that. Yeah, yeah. The Dave Portnoy Barry Goldwater fusion dance <laughs> <laughs> happened when none of us were looking. Yeah, that that I like the the category confusion there. Like the, a guy who was a U.S. senator. And the guy who uh, just eats pizza while losing money on the stock market uh, in live streams, and that's that that that, that yeah that speaks to the fact that that this era is going to I think see uh, a lot of people detaching from politics, not becoming more politically yeah. engaged. Yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent. Like it's already happening. Like the point of Biden was to stop engaging with politics. Yeah. I mean, who cares now except for, like, the most hysteric Q people like fucking Mar- Mike Lindell doing his uh, doing his three-hour movie on uh, Oanon and, and being watched by a bunch of senior citizens just blitz. It's, it's old people. Everybody else has moved yeah. on. Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, My Pillow and the documentary, uh, boys, we're going to watch this on the stream on Wednesday. Yes, I'm very excited. Yeah. yeah, we are going to. It's it's not three hours. It's only it's only two hours. Oh wow! Shit. Okay. That's, Never mind. A, that's a that's a relief. <laughs> yeah. So tomorrow night, tomorrow night on on our, on the Chapo Twitch stream, uh, 10 p.m. Uh, we will be uh, watching the the absolute proof, the Mike Lindell documentary, which has, like I said, it promises absolute proof that the election was stolen. And uh, you know, from what I've hear, from what I've heard about it is not just two hours of a guy bellowing at you like in a, in a sort of a, a frenzy. I can't wait till Mike Lindell is governor of Minnesota. And then president of the United States. It's going to be a wild ride. Yeah. I am, I am, he claims that he, was, he, he, made, he did like three weeks of 20-hour days to, uh, to make this thing. Which makes that's yeah, weird. He sto- I mean, that's a guy who stopped smoking. He crack. did stop smoking. Yeah, crack, that's weird. I, mean, I think that he's like uh, doing lines now, but he thinks that that's uh, like a good compromise. It's like when you switch to diet coke. Yeah, I am kind of pissed. Yeah, no, thanks weird. to Twitch's uh, draconian music using policies, we can't just have a loop of Harry Nilsson's "Jump Into the Fire" playing while we watch this thing. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, that's weird though. Th- uh, three straight day, twenty-one hour days. I mean, like, normally I need to sleep. I mean, I don't, I don't know how he does it. I don't. He know just, how you know what it is? He, he just it. loves his country that much. Yeah, that's what it boils down he's, to. And uh, his country is uh, Colombia, Bolivia, Peru. <laughs> yeah. He's cool. Like, I mean, like, I don't obviously don't agree with his politics, uh, but as a guy. Yeah, he's a cool dude. He's fuck. He's fucking. He's a pimp. Like, he's so much like he's so much cooler than like most business magnates, the most business magnates in America. Oh, yeah, because most of them are just uh, they are people who got it handed to them. He is a guy who smoked so much crack that he invented the world's greatest pillow. Yeah. I liked it when I like how the pillow sucks. I like how like he that video of him where he's like on a helicopter and he's like, everyone stay calm. Uh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden has lost. He's going to be beheaded soon. Donald Trump's still going to be the president. And it was like a day before Biden was inaugurated. (laughs) He's fucking cool. He's cool. I mean, he is. The thing about this guy is like the guy. He smoked so much crack, he invented the world's greatest pillow. Somehow convinced, and this is the more important part, that a bunch of other people that it also that it was the world's greatest pillow until they made him a millionaire. How? Why wouldn't he believe that he could just speak anything into existence if he concentrated hard enough on it? Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, like at least his company makes something. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. Say. And here yeah. in the USA, 
But know? no, that's why that's why I think he's the one who makes sense to to, to if someone is going to pick up the pieces of Trumpism. Uh, and then, who knows now? The guy just disappeared. The guy, he's just gone. He's just you, all they did was cut him off from his fucking account, and he just was de- except for dis- his SAG after letter. He just dis- that was his <laughs> letter, letter quitting rock. SAG was, was awesome. Did you guys that. see uh, that he's like apparently he was like really mad at Lynn Cheney, and he wants to tweet bad things about her, but he doesn't have an account, so he writes down insults and gives them to other people and suggests that they post them. <laughs> you gotta yeah, have your that, shooters on deck. That's like that's not gonna work because like none of them have his swag. Like Josh, Josh Hallway will call her like a braggart or something, <laughs> and it's not, like not gonna yeah. work. You have to call her yeah. ugly. Well, Lindell is the closest he, thing he because he might not have the, yeah. the the exact amount of charisma, but he is he is the actual heart of American reaction since fucking New Deal, which is a a regional uh, uh, magnate. He he yeah. is a who makes a who bad makes product. a shitty product and is insane and thinks that God told him to. That that's yeah, it. Mike Lindell, Mike Lindell, no. he doesn't have Trump's exact swag, but he has the most important part of Trump, which is low IQ swag. Yes. Josh Holloway doesn't have that. Tom Cotton doesn't have that. Like none of them. Matt Gates like is stupid, but he's just like he's too fucking like weird for people. Oh, he's he like, is he so weird. uncanny. Yeah, he's creepy. Yeah, no, no one. He looks like he got a job on the Polar Express. <laughs> no one likes him. He looks fucked yeah, up. No. And he like he, he like it's okay to buy your wife. You can't buy your son. You cannot buy a son. Broke the golden world. You cannot buy your son from Wayfair. I'm sorry, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Buying I'm a wife imagining, that's American. That's I'm fine. just imagining uh, uh, like uh, like Mike Mike Lindell. Like uh, title card says, uh, uh, January nineteenth, twenty twenty one, five a.m. No, 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 no. You can make a pillow. <laughs> you can swim the sea. You can try to go to sleep, <laughs> but you'll never be free. <laughs> Stop doing it. Mix your brain into mush. Mix your brain. So you sleep on the pillow. You sleep on the my pillow. It makes your brain into mush. That's, how, that's why you go to sleep so well. Your brain just turns to soup. Yeah. You just go off to you go off to Slumberland with with little Nemo. Oh yeah, oh, there we go. Uh, let's yeah. uh, let's let's go out to the tunes of that. Jump into the fire. That, that classic hit we all love. Yeah. We love it. All the right, song, so, uh, the song that came out when most of our listeners' parents weren't even born yet. <laughs> Um, okay, Most so of our t- listeners are three years old. <laughs> yes, they they listen so to tomorrow, it tomorrow night. We're in gonna a crib. all right. So tomorrow night we're gonna try to we're gonna we're gonna like MSTK the three uh, MST three K the shit. <laughs> we're gonna join MS thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, absolute proof tomorrow night on the Twitch stream. Um, see you then. Bye bye. <laughs>